0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're in the doghouse, and we're here to talk Mississippi State sports here in the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back into the doghouse. This is your host, David Murray, and things have finally, finally begun slowing down here for the editor. Uh, Not for Mississippi State football, and certainly not for basketball, Things are still just as busy there, maybe busier than ever in some aspects, as Zach Arnett puts the final touches on his support staff for this coming year, both on and off the field. And as recruiting ramps up, yes, for the next year already, because it's junior day this Saturday here on the Mississippi State campus. But personally, things have finally slowed down a bit. And after a pretty frantic five weeks, which I guess you could say began with the uh, announcement of the bowl destination, then proceeded through the traumas and tragedies and triumphs of December, then the bowl game itself, then getting back here and having Zach Selman named as the new athletic director last Friday. Huh, already been a week. He's supposed to be back in town this weekend, by the way, starting his work as the, what, 18th athletic director for Bulldog Sports History. Things are just as busy there to cover, but maybe things will slow down a little bit for myself. Certainly hope so, because I need a break. Okay. It is very unbecoming for anyone who's paid to sit and watch ball games, paid to talk about sports and teams and schools, to talk about needing a break. I apologize. But sometimes you just need to change the pace a little bit, and the pace, as I said, uh, from, say, early December through, eh, I guess, yesterday in the closing of the NCAA's winter transfer portal window, hectic doesn't begin to describe it. I couldn't tell you how many stories I've written in the last couple of weeks, some that will never see the light of the internet because they were about possible hires that never happened, uh, about hires that are still pending, officializing. We're going to get into that in just a moment about the coaching staff and other events. You just got to work ahead in this business. Don't complain. Hey, I grew up on a farm in Jones County. I will never whine about making a career out of state sports. Like I said, want a little bit of a break. And maybe that will start playing out eh, between here and the start of baseball season. Now, what am I talking about? Things will stay just as busy because we do it for you, the fan. And we do it for ourselves because we enjoy it. So, we like I said, we haven't slowed down. We're just shifting directions. And football, particularly, is heading at full speed. Of course, the big news so far has been uh, on the coaching staff side of things. Uh, well, how do I separate what's big and what's not? Is it bigger to talk about the transfer portal? Bigger to talk about the staff? How about we all lump it together? But first, let's talk about our sponsor, Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from the National Football League and now in postseason. Uh, congratulations, Dak and the Cowboys, on your victory. Um, bowl season's over, but you also have eSports kicking in full speed. You're always going to find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. That includes, of course, basketball, which is roaring on through the college and pro seasons. Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores from almost any sport or game imaginable. I wonder if they have stuff going on about the Australian Open taking place right now. I only know that because I was scanning through last night. I haven't watched tennis in a long time myself, but at this point you start thinking, what is there to watch besides, well, okay, Unsolicited plug: Just started Tulsa King last night. Another Taylor Sheridan hit. It looks like. Hey, back to the ad. Bet online always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code Believe. That's all capitals B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And if you like what you're hearing here, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcast? Okay, back to the news involving Mississippi State. Let's go to the transfer portal first. It closed, uh, began, what, on December 4th, thereabouts, and finished up yesterday, the January 18th. That window has now slammed shut, and if you're not on campus and enrolled, well, you just have to wait until the May 1-15 through uh, window to find a new place to play, or kind of stick it out where you're at, or wisely decide to stay where you're at anyway because it's the best place to be, and that's the news for Mississippi State. You know, I'm not going to polemicize about uh, what happens with guys these days because, hey, were I in their position and I had desirability for my skill set? Yeah, I might look into it too, especially in this day and age of name-image likeness. Still, the fact that both of Mississippi State's kick return aces and still rising young receivers, Tulu Griffin and Xavier Thomas, have opted to come back, well, that's a good starting point, and <laughs> you got to think that Coach Eric Mele... Who we believe will be retained for this staff because right now he's out recruiting anyway. Uh, he's got to feel happier about his job coming into the new year when you got two All Americans to work with. Of course, that means now your standard has been raised. There's no higher honor than All American, except maybe Player of the Year. So, hey, you guys have at it this coming season. Hopefully, you'll be getting a lot of kicks to return. Wait, yeah, hopefully, you get a lot of punched return. Uh, sorry, Tulu. I don't want you returning too many kickoffs because that means other teams scored. You get it. Anyway, good news on that front. We still don't know what's going to happen with Dylan Johnson. After his uh, joining the Porter early in December, then what happened in the month with the passing of Coach Mike Leach, the promotion of Zach Garnett, and now the revision of the new offensive staff with uh, Kevin Barbet taking over on the offensive side. He's got to be looking long and hard at it, especially if he studied Barbet's offensive schemes in the past and knows that, yes, there will be a more serious run element in the Bulldog offense now. But he also, remember, has Jaquavius Marks and Simeon Price, who was a fourth-quarter star for the Bulldogs in the bowl game. So it's not automatic if you come back that that starting job's going to be yours again because a fully healthy Marks, I think, is a better back than Johnson. Then again, Johnson is priceless in those two-back sets, which State did show occasionally the past couple of seasons. You would think they'd show it even more in a Barbe-type offense, which will rely on blocking backs as well as running. And oh, by the way, Ain't it exciting to have tight ends? Back in the offensive system? Okay, getting ahead of myself yet again. But that's the portal news as far as state players turning. Five have enrolled for the spring semester, and it's loaded on the defensive side. Yes, state needed a lot of help at cornerback and safety this coming season, not just because you're graduating or losing players like Emmanuel Forbes to the grad, but frankly, you just got to upgrade some of those positions. Some of the guys who are coming back need to be pushed. Matter of fact, need to probably be pushed out of the position by new talent. So now you have guys like Jacoby Albert from Kentucky, Camari Rogers from Miami, and Rodarius Jones from LSU, oh, Christopher Keyes from Indiana. Yeah, four of the five defensive backs. You can tell where that need was, although I still think the greatest need, single position, was place kicker. Thank you very much, Nicholas Barmira. I could have all sorts of fun with that name, you know, barring a miracle. Okay, never mind. A UCLA kicker. That glaring need has been filled, hopefully. I remember, we thought the same thing back in spring when Massimo Biscardi and Ben Raybon came aboard. They had some September struggles. In fact, never were quite as consistent as you wanted, but hey. Biscardi sends the Auburn game into overtime and then he provides the winning points in the bowl game. So you got to say that also worked out for coach Mealy as well, but you've got to have a kicker. Now you've got one. You feel like the punting is going to be in decent shape for this coming year as well. So the next round of portal recruiting, you can focus on the things that did not go filled this year, particularly offensive line. I really think you need to pick up another tackle at least sometime in May to bring in for August camp. Do you want to count on a brand-new kid or a redshirt at this point? I think you need more help at that position. You cannot turn down a good receiver. If there's one out there willing to move after spring ball, after he sees that maybe he's not going to get the snaps he wants or the offense isn't what he wants, and then gets a look at what Mississippi State is going to be doing offensively with Will Rogers at quarterback, well, there's a place for another big time receiver and state could definitely use that as well. Yes, they've lost a couple and you graduate Caleb ducking out of eligibility. You lose Ra Thomas to Georgia. So you need some more threats on the outside because you certainly expect to be using guys like Griffin and Thomas more in the slot positions, which are open by the way. You look at that starting lineup from the bowl game and compare it to who all is coming back now and who has, to, more importantly in a way, taking advantage of that bonus year that Instably still provides. I tell you what, the offensive coordinators walked into a pretty good starting lineup situation right now where he can either take it as is and plug in the misses or he can start pushing those guys to get even better, uh, particularly at the quarterback position, which brings up, why did State not sign a quarterback? Well, they didn't see a difference maker out there who was available. That's, that's the only way you can judge at this point. You're not bringing in a body, just bringing in a body at this point. Especially because, A, just bringing in a body is not going to do anything to make Will Rogers any better. He's going to beat out anyone in the, of that type coming in. But, B, you don't want to delay the development of Chris Parson, who certainly looks to be a guy who may fit the better rounded type schemes of the future. Now, I say all this. Having published a piece today on Will Rogers, I don't expect anyone to push him out of the job, nor should you expect it. I really think that in a flexed out offense, Rogers can show more of his own skill set that he hasn't had a chance to given the types of receivers, the types of routes and the plays that were being called and sent to him that he had to adjust on the fly on the field as well. I am not one of those people who wants to see Will Rogers replaced unless it's by a guy who is so much better that it makes the offense better. I just don't see that happening at this point and nor do most objective viewers. So at this point, I think they will go after another quarterback in the next portal period for numbers, but you don't do it to get in the way of Parson and you don't do it just to annoy Rodgers from the behind position. So as far as quarterback goes, it would be nice. I don't see it as necessary. I would much rather have another offensive lineman or two and certainly another big-time receiver, R2, R3, if they're available out there. Because that's where the game's going, especially if Dylan Johnson chooses to come back. Your running back positions are in good shape. It's time to start developing guys for the future on the offensive line because there's going to be a wholesale turnover after this coming year. Again, that's May. Keep in mind, too, that yes, most of the best ones will have gone in the winter. That's just how it works because the good players do not want to send out a whole spring semester. That's what you do. You enter the portal, you lose your place on scholarship on your current team, and you're left with nothing to do all spring. You can't even practice anywhere. That sets you behind. I think you're better off now at this point finding somebody who goes through spring ball, stays sharp, stays in the weight room, and is ready then to be signed in May and enrolled for the June semester and start getting their feet wet working informally with everybody else on the team already. A lot's going to shake out as this portal develops. Everybody panics. Everyone wants the first landing place possible. And it's hard to blame them, too, because once you're in, you feel like unless you're qualified enough to come back in good graces, as were states to receive return cases, that you're kind of pushing your luck in those regards. So maybe you're better off moving because will you ever be trusted again after entering the portal one time? So I think you're better off waiting to see what happens in spring ball, see who makes themselves available, and then recruit accordingly. Plus, by then, with a new athletic director, a new head coach, and new enthusiasm about the program, Mississippi State's NIL stock that Charlie Winfield's running through the Bulldog Initiative should be in better shape to help work with current players and through legal means, I would stress that, legal means, make it known out there what's available to transfers also. And again, at this point, I'm not entirely sure what ultimately is legal and is not legal. There's just so much about the portals just gone into chaos, i.e., in the state of Florida these days. Now, that's a story that's really got to have our former athletic director and still friend, Scott Strickland, really nervous about the Gator football program because, as best I read this, okay, I don't want to delve too much in their issues, but Florida could just be in trouble either with the NCAA or legally as well. There's, that's the problem you run into with some of these collectives overpromising and under-delivering. Hurt feelings, legal hurt feelings, and sometimes a real hurt to both your roster and your checkbook as well. Speaking of checkbook, Mississippi State is now going to start shelling out uh, less money for a head coach because Zach Arnett's salary is $3 million. And by the way, I think he's going to be worth every penny having watching how he performed not just during bowl camp and the bowl game. And it was really entertaining to watch him post game. As I talked about last time, just watching his team celebrate and start thinking of what's going to be happening when it truly becomes his program now in this coming year, but also getting an idea of the staff he's putting together. Uh, Kevin Barbé, now he came out of nowhere Okay, he came out of Appalachian State, and yes, I have. my wife has a house in North Carolina, and up there, and people in the snooty Charlotte area consider uh, Boone, North Carolina, nowhere. But he, it wasn't a great season there, but they did have the win over Texas A&M. Of course, a pick six had a lot to do with that. Still, his record at other stops, I like what Barbé does. I like the fact that he will bring a more... Well, I was going to use the word traditional, but there's no such thing as traditional offense anymore. Everybody, you can have your scheme in most cases, but the personnel rules what you're going to do. Mike Leach was obviously an exception to that trend of these days, and he made it work well enough. But I think Barbe will be more flexible in using things that Mississippi State historically has had as strong points, i.e. tight ends. I'm not crazy enough to say they're going to bring back a fullback and that's sad because Lord states put out some great fullbacks over the years, but that's just not where modern offense is. But I just liked looking at it and the fact too, that he brings more of a deep strike element to it. I really want to delve into that more when I have a chance to sit down and talk with him. He's out recruiting right now. I have put in a request to speak to him and coach Arnett as well. Sometime in the next 10 days, and they'll be on campus for Junior Day this weekend, but otherwise they're hither and yon trying to get things put together before they dive full strength into spring football itself. Right now, it's in the hands of Tyson Brown, who's been retained as the head strength coach and is getting that semester going. It began Tuesday, in fact, so the weightlifting the conditioning is underway ahead of spring ball. I like the addition of Barbet. It would have been nice to have some kind of tip about it. And, yes, State did get played, by the super agent of the college game. But then again, he was either going to get his client a raise at Arkansas or a new job at Mississippi State. Now it turns out he got him a new job at TCU. So it wasn't just Mississippi State getting played in the agent game. That's just how it works these days. I think Barbet is an excellent alternative in that regard. In some ways, maybe even a better fit, because I think he will be more secure for developing with the current staff that's also been brought in. Of course, Chad Bumpfus at wide receiver, one of the first additions made and hey, how much more obvious could it be than bringing Bump back? I still recall how in 2009, he was the key to a turnaround to the receiver room, which was so depleted after the Croom years that even Dan Mullen never fully got the receiver tour restocked. But that first class was a starting point, and Bump was the key to that. Now, after two years at Utah, and he did have a chance to come back to campus last year in a running back's role. He waited another year. Now he has another Pac-12 ring to show for it. And he's back at home and back coaching Bulldog round route runners. And by the way, a job that was done by two coaches last season. So... He is joined by a prep legend in the state, Will Friend, uh, most recently of Auburn. Also, other SEC stops along the way. Yeah, he was a casualty to the chaos down in the Plains. Some things just never change, do they? <laughs> All right. Uh, coming from Auburn, he now has another SEC post, but it's back in his home state with Mississippi State. And he inherits most of that starting offensive line, too. But more to the point, he and Chad Bumfus in conjunction with Tony Hughes. You know, Tony always talks about, this will be my last year. It's time to step aside do this. And yet there's always another year. Well, there's another year for Tony years. Thank you, sir. We need you around. It just would not be the same at Bulldog football without Tony in some capacity, whether it's his beloved defensive backs or now as we expect him to go to tight ends. Oh, gosh, tight ends. Can you tell I'm excited? Yeah, I'm excited. You've got Tony coming to the offensive side again. You combine him with Bump, with Will Friend, and, oh, and never mind the fact that you've got Brad Peterson back on the support staff. You've added other staff as well. And if you keep, as we expect, Jason Washington as the running back's coach. And I want to think of all the jobs done last season by the assistant staff. Washington's went kind of under the radar because, again, it was the running back position in an air raid offense. But look statistically at what the running backs did. Were they still the lowest rushing offensive team in the SEC? Sure. That was the nature of the offense itself, not the nature of him and his backs. Of course, Jaquavius Marks was never 100% healthy the whole season. Dylan Johnson got hurt halfway through the season. Simeon Price wasn't really ready to contribute until late in the season. But when they made plays, when the running game was called on, they won the AM and Arkansas games. They helped, maybe even decided, the Egg Bowl. And when State had to move the ball on that last series down at Tampa, yes, Will Rogers threw a couple of passes, but it was Simeon Price breaking some runs, getting it into field goal range. Could have even gotten the end zone if he'd slipped just one more tackle. So you you just got to respect the job that Coach Washington did with his running backs. And even though he has not been announced, the fact that he's been busy recruiting for two weeks is about as clear an unofficial announcement as could be that he is going to stay on the staff. Jason Washington, Tony Hughes, will Friend, Chad Bumpus—is that a recruiting staff on the offensive side or what? No, it's not. A, or what? It's a—it's a recruiting staff on the offensive side. Uh, now, how will Barbe be changing up the offense to use those recruits and the existing personnel? Well, that's going to be what we judge, and again, we want to talk to him more specifically as soon as we can. Oh, by the way, Barbe not only has been out recruiting. He's been out, well, okay, another sort of recruiting. He and Coach Arnett were this week meeting with some major boosters in the metro area, and that's just as critical to the long-term health of this program, especially in the NIL angle, as it is signing the players in the first place. Of course, the defensive staff, well, it's going to be some recruiting punch of its own, maybe not on the same level, but seriously, Bringing back David Turner may be among Arnett's most popular feats so far and long-term, his most productive hires. I mean, look at the list of defensive linemen David Turner has sent to the NFL just from Mississippi State. That's an all-time unit if you could put them all on one group. And he brought them here. He coached them up. Now he's back for a third tour. This was just a win, win, win all around for the defense, for the dog program as a whole. And just a great guy to have back in town. Thank you, David, for coming back. We look forward to dealing with you again. And now you have, of course, the promotion of Matt Brock to defensive coordinator. He's going to keep his linebackers. In fact, he's keeping his linebackers literally. Both Nate Watson and Jet Johnson are now being promoted as the Bash brothers. They led the SEC and tire tackles together. They're coming back for their extra season. I guess that counts as recruiting, too. So Brock has to feel good about that. Of course, uh, Darcell McBath, another guy who's not been announced, but you certainly expect him to be retained as cornerback's coach. Unfortunately, he's not going to retain Emmanuel Forbes. Now, um, bless you juniors, you can move on to the NFL. You've earned your shot, but boy, it'd be nice having you back around for another year. Instead, McBath has a couple of still developing corners to further bring along, but now you're plugging in some of those new guys at State Same cornerback position is going to be maybe not the all-star caliber with Forbes, but I think it'll be a solid unit. And safeties will be greatly improved. At least they better be with the transfers. And that's going to be coached by, we understand, Brett Dewhurst, who is also out recruiting. Again, another unofficial official announcement. He's only been at State, well, not even a full year. He was hired last spring after three seasons as a defensive back coach at Texas State. He previously had been a safeties coach with Texas Tech in Houston. And so now you have him taking over the safeties position where he's been a defensive quality control analyst the previous year. Uh, Who will take his staff position? Well, that's an unknown. But you add him to the safety spot. And so there's your staff. There's your defensive staff. There's your coaching staff. There's your recruiting staff. Oh, well, we mentioned, too, the fact that you've got Brad Peterson in there. Of course, Rod Gibson is sticking around. You still have Jay Hobson as your school relations director, David Wisjewski, and, of course, I uh, mentioned Tyson Brown, as strength coach. There's enough continuity that people who have been following Mississippi State, been recruited by State the previous couple of years, can still feel comfortable. But there's enough freshness to it to go after some of these guys that maybe would not have been quite as minimal to the previous staff, you think that this new staff here is going to be able to reach out and make different types of contacts, different types of impacts, as far as recruiting goes. As far as the coaching, well, we'll start seeing that uh, sometime in March. A schedule has not been set yet, but you do know that Super Bulldog weekend will be the middle of April, as usual. And it, again, it'll be the showdown baseball series with Ole Miss, again, as usual when possible a matchup, by the way, of the last two national championship teams at polk Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, if you can go in and buy your ticket now, you better do it because it's going to be a slam full come then. But we also want to know... Now, remember last year, yes, weather interrupted. State was not able to hold its spring game because lightning, rain, all the usual yucky stuff that happened that day, and frankly, Mike Leach was rarely interested in holding spring games anyway. And I will be the first to admit that as a rule, spring games are pretty much useless if you're trying to make a contest out of them. However, in the case of a new coaching staff, and particularly a new head coach, and most of all, a new offensive approach, this is a spring game everybody wants to see. Even if it's not a game, and I've always been a big advocate of scrimmages are far more instructive than a spring game. Whether it's a game or a scrimmage, this is something you're going to want to see. So, if you haven't had a chance to plunk down a few dinero on that ticket for Super Weekend, you better do it now because, you know, some of the records, and I use records very loosely about um, attendances at spring games, generally they tended to uh, coincide with the score of a one Egg Bowl the previous year, i.e., entirely made up. Doesn't matter. Just go ahead and make your plans to be there because I think this is going to be quite the interesting spring to see how things change on that side. Was there interest when Mike Leach arrived? Sure. Everyone wanted to see how the existing personnel would fit into an air raid. However, that of course was blown up by COVID. Now here's a chance to have the real thing with Zach Arnett with the Egg Bowl uh, championship on their record already a bowl victory in his title. He starts his coaching career, so to speak, 1-0 and already. That goes on his account. Now he's got the new staff. You get to see Chris Parson out there. You get to see how far Will Rogers has adapted with the new system, how he and the new offensive coordinator are working together. And, you know, some of the adjustments on defense are worth watching too because, you know, obviously – uh, coach Arnett is going to have to shift his emphasis to the entire team and not just the defensive side of the ball. So it be fascinating. We don't know what the access to camp will be either as far as spring ball. Uh, this past year, generally the practices were closed and scrimmages were open. There was some flex in that. Of course, in preseason football, we had a couple of open weeks before they closed it and all scrimmages were open. It really want to know how coach Arnett wants to handle it. Um, do we want to watch? Oh, of course we do. I mean, yeah, I know, I know, I've told you how many times over the decades that spring football is boring, that the last place you'll ever find me should I retire, and no, I don't intend to, would be at a football practice. Not in this case. I want to see what they're doing. I really want to see what this roster is going to look like. I want to see how healthy some of these guys are, the offensive line, you or know, What are you going to do with a couple of players now who maybe were banged up during the fall? Do you make some shifts there? Of course, you certainly expect Stephen Lasoya to step in at the center position, and how does that ripple through the rest of the offensive line? Should Dylan Johnson return? Does he make a real run at pushing... Uh, marks aside, will they still continue to split is uh, Simeon price going to make his own run at it. By the way, among the 15 transfers and uh, recruits who are now eligible, I mentioned the portal transfers were all defensive or specialist, the high school kids, six of them that are offensive skill positions, including Parson. And you've got to think they have every opportunity to make an impact immediately on that side as well. You want to see what's going to happen with the rush defensive end. Who's going to step up or step in at those positions, replacing guys like Tyra Sweet or on the defensive line, Randy Charlton. Who's going to take those jobs? Just a lot to keep track of. But the staff, again, not officially, but what I'm giving you is as best we determine who's going to be the coaching staff. And I haven't even had time to talk much about meeting with Zach Selman last week, the introduction last Friday of Mississippi State's new athletic director. Uh, it had to be, You have to say it was a hit. I didn't know much about him until a couple of days before the event, did all my researching, had a story ready, talked to the administration, went through some of the things about it. But what he said in his talk, and I've done a lot of public speaking of my own, and certainly I've been a PR director before in a previous lifetime. So I know some of these presentations can be very scripted and even to the point of being bland. I think he is genuinely appreciative of this opportunity he has, else he would not be leaving a place that he's just... No, he didn't play his sports at Oklahoma, but in every other sense, he is a lifetime sooner, and he's leaving there. Now, is he leaving with the intention of maybe going back someday? Probably. I don't care. I I like an ambitious athletic director. I don't like guys who feel too comfortable that, you know, I can just settle in for the long haul, and no matter what happens, I'll still have my job. But more so... Okay, this may come across as a little tacky, maybe a little tasteless, uh, because there's still some very bitter memories from the early 2000s about the uh, maroon is all that matters upon the hiring of Sylvester Croom. Well, now you have your first minority athletic director of Mississippi State, and not a bit was made of that in almost any outlet because we don't even think in those terms anymore. No, what we're thinking about, and this is me saying it, green is all that matters. Green as in money, as in raising money for athletic operations directly. Yes, the SEC is about to have a great big new contract with money starting to flow in the spring of 2025. That's two years away. Mississippi State still has needs right now to address as fall sports operations are expanded, new coaches are hired, and facilities are finalized. However, green absolutely is going to matter in name, image, likeness. Mississippi State cannot raise that money directly. Let's get that clear. It's a little frustrating to read message boards saying, well, this school's doing this, this school. No, the schools aren't doing it. It's their collectives, their individual boosters, and that's why you're going to see so much money wasted. However, in the ultimate sense, yes, it is the schools because, well, as they say, there are ways of letting it be known who the money would should be aimed at and how to keep them. Uh, retention actually is going to become a bigger deal, I think, than signing them in the first place. Because as you saw with the case with Tulu Griffin, he seriously looked around before deciding to come back. We may never know what extra incentives he was given through collective to do it, but that's how the game has to be played now, especially with your skilled players, and especially a place like Mississippi State, where we're going to develop players. Other schools with rich resources are going to come calling And you've got to be able to keep your players around even after you've shelled out just to get them there in the first place. Just an obvious lesson that hopefully fans got the right message this past week about what it's going to take to keep playing in this game and yet do it without hurting the Bulldog Club, without costing season ticket sales, without costing donations for facilities. Do facilities mean what they used to mean? No, not when it comes to recruiting, but they still can tip the balance when all else is equal the trick for Mississippi state right now is to get all other things equal in the first place, then start worrying about the facilities. Of course, facilities are something that we'll be talking about with Zach Selman. Once he gets his feet on the ground and let's face it, Mississippi state, as we've talked about before during the athletic search process is not your usual job. It may look like just another sec job. It's not. There are specifics to this position, demographically, geographically, culturally, that make it different. Yes, every school can say it's different. In some ways, they are. But Mississippi State is not just different. In some ways, it's unique in the challenges as well as opportunities. Zach Selman stressed the opportunities. But now, I think he needs to also start getting a really good grasp on what the challenges are. Name image likeness is going to be one of them keeping funds going to the Bulldog Club and the initiative may be contrasting goals, but it has to be done these days and facilities. Well, that's just going to have to take a step back at this point. And I think fans truly understand that too, because uh, even John Cohen, he and I talked about it one time and said, you know, if a booster said, you know, instead of giving my $10,000 to a stadium project, I want to give my $10,000 to a quarterback. John said, I understand do it. And that's how the thinking is going to be. Funny I mentioned John giving some of the meddling coming from that corner with Will Rogers, but enough of that for now. That Unfortunately, that little dust-up seems to have settled in Mississippi State's favor again. All right. You know, I do not even had time to talk basketball other than they play hard, they can't shoot, and even when they do shoot, they tend to get outshot then. It's just... Chris Jans was frustrated Tuesday night, and he made it clear. And and Shaquille Moore said the same thing. We're a good basketball team. Uh, The record in SEC may not show it, but State's record is hurt by just being plain old front-loaded. You've played Tennessee twice already. You've played Alabama once already and soon to play them again. You've been on the road to Auburn. You had a chance, and you did beat Ole Miss. You had a chance and did not beat Georgia. That's the one that still stinks at this point. Honestly, given who they've played, I think they're one win behind where I would have put them anyway at this point. And the schedule does lighten up some, but if they can hold it together and keep playing this hard the rest of the way, they still have a chance to get to that seven, hopefully eight win SEC mark. And that should be able to squeeze them into the NCAA tournament this year based on strength of schedule. And that's just a quick look at basketball. We've talked so long about football because there's a lot to talk about. Again, Maybe things slow down a little bit for your editor here. Things are not slowing down for Zach Arnett. As said, Saturday, junior day. Then they start rolling into full-scale recruiting for 2024 and on. Uh, Portal period, also in May. Start evaluating what you've got, what you don't have, and what you need. Just it never stops for them. And it never stops here in the doghouse because that's why we're here. Talk Mississippi State sports on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host David Murray and we thanks to our sponsor Bet Online, where the game starts. And again, if you liked what you're hearing, give us a rating on Apple Podcast and we'd appreciate it greatly. So don't know when we'll be talking to you again. It'll be sometime uh, presumably in the next week. By then we should have a final officialing of this coaching staff, and we'll know what's going to happen with Dylan Johnson. There'll be more Bulldog basketball to report on. (sighs) you got to love it, and I do. I love what I do, and I love talking to you, and I hope you enjoy hearing from me. Give us some feedback, and also keep checking out our material. Also, the contributions of Steve, Robbie, Paul, and Mike here on jeanspage.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Doghouse. This is your host, David Murray, on the Believe Podcast Network. And go Dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.